morning. Y'all hear me out there? Good morning. Good morning. Bright sunny day, a little windy, but we can get through it, right? <clears throat> well, welcome to Victory Way Baptist Church this morning. We're having a special guest, T.J. Tilly, speaking this morning. We do welcome him. Uh, we've got some announcements here. Uh, we will be here. Pastor's not here this morning. Uh, him and Cammy are up in Waynesboro. He's leading a revival up there this week. Uh, just pray for them. God blesses and keeps them safe. Uh, we will have service this evening, as we usually do, Sunday night Bible study. Uh, so this week we'll be, and A.J. James will be here Wednesday night. So make sure you come to that. Sunday, October the 2nd, Seniors Ministry Luncheon, right, Danny? Luncheon, ministry, seniors. Old, old people luncheon. <laughs> All right, we have here uh, seniors ministry luncheon. Please join us after morning service for lunch provided. That's October the second. So it's next month. <laughs> Saturday, October fifteenth, we're having a church cleanup. Pastor's got a sign up list back here in the back. Uh, sign up, come help us clean up, kind of get rid of some things and wipe things down and all of that. Um, October 16th, we have a pastor appreciation lunch. Be right after the service, right? Yeah. Okay, and then again, beginning Sunday, October 2nd, pastor will have another uh, Sunday night class starting at 630. Uh, it's called Next Step Membership Class, so just remember that. Any other announcements I didn't get? Anything at all? I think we got them all, didn't we? All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll get our singing going, and we'll get worship started. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We ask you, Father, to be with us here in this meeting house and to guide us and help us to hear the word. Uh, Lord, we ask you to uh, bless and just uh, help us to understand. Lord, we ask prayer for... Pastor Cammy is there uh, in Waynesboro and leading revival and preaching your word. We just ask that you bless them there. Father, this morning, help us to worship you with truth and honor, and Lord, just to bless you and, and glorify you in all that we see, do and say here today in our singing and the preaching. Father, we want to tell you we love you. God, we thank you. We ask you to bless each and every one that's here. Let your word go out, Father, and let it be touched. Uh, let it touch hearts and minds, and let it be uh, just a power that it needs to be. Father, we thank you today. We love you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right. Man, thank you. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord, and good morning to you all. And if you're able, please stand. And we'll start our worship in song here this morning in hymn number 521, A New Name in Glory. We were all once a sinner, but we got a new name in glory. Luke 10, 20 tells us, but, and this is the second part, Luke 10, 20b, if you please, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now, that. That'd make a baby shout right there. So let's sing out. Sing out with all our voice to God's honor and glory. 
a new name in glory. I was once a sinner, but I came pardoned to receive from my Lord. This was freely given, and I found that he always kept his word. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, oh yes, it's mine. And the white-robed angels sing the story. A sinner has come home. For there's a new name written down in glory. And it's mine, oh yes, it's mine. With my sins forgiven, I am bound for soul. Now I am forgiven, and I know by the blood I am made whole. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, oh yes, it's mine. And the white-robed angels sing the story, a sinner has come It's mine with my sins forgiven. I am bound for heaven, never more to run. All by his mercy and grace. Amen. Our next song is Victory in Jesus. Remain standing if you're able. Hymn number 353 Victory in Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15 57 tells us, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we get to the chorus of this song, or on up in the song a little bit, we talk about how he bought me with his redeeming blood. When we get on the word bought, and most of us know this, maybe not all, but uh, when he bought us with his redeeming blood, we were sold. Amen. And then we praise God. Hallelujah. So let's uh, let's do victory in Jesus with that on each course. I've heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me I heard about his groaning Of his precious blood's atoning Then I repented of my sin And won the victory Oh, victory in Jesus My Savior good part forever he sought me and he bought me so with his redeeming 
God. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about a mansion he has built for me. standing as we sing our next song in Christ alone John 14 6 tells us Jesus saith unto him I am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father but by me he is the only way he's the only thing only one to put our trust and faith in is Jesus Christ amen in Christ alone In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storms. What heights of love, what depths of peace. Lie. 
our greeting time and if you feel comfortable doing it and I understand if you don't you can move around and shake a hand wave definitely wave smile make everyone feel welcome we're glad to have our visitors here today and our uh, guest speaker brother TJ Tilly and uh, y'all take a moment and do that he's going to wave at Olivia Bless y'all's heart. You may be seated. In Christ alone. Okay, we got some uh, special music now. Thankful for all all the people that sing specials. You're a blessing to us. So, Brother Tony, you come on and honor and glorify the Lord and be a blessing to God's people. You need to. And that's just what I'm up here to do, is to honor and glorify the name of Jesus Christ. There is a salvation in none other name than his. And uh, this song, um, as a new Christian, this song makes more sense to me. Because when we're first saved, we get a taste of the glory of the Lord. And uh, having that taste 
we just long for more, a deeper walk with him. And uh, as the song says, uh, all he wants is just a closer walk with him. world of toil and snare if I falter Lord do care well who with me my burden share none but Let me 
close to me. Thank you, Jesus. That was a blessing and God honoring, by the way. And that should be every every person's desire, every Christian's desire, is to walk closer with our Lord. So join with me in prayer. As we'll get ready to sing one more song, but let's pray right now and uh, talk to the Most High God. Precious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. Thank you, Lord, for every individual, every brother and sister in Christ that's here today. We, uh, Lord, we assemble together as your word directs and commands. And we're not forsaking that this day. And we ask, Lord, you just help us to be one mind, one accord, and be in unity here today. And seek, Lord, what you have for us here today in your word. And we ask, Lord, you just bless and as you already have. Thank you, Lord, for the songs. Thank you, Lord, for the Sunday school. Thank you, Lord, for everything you've taught us here today and how we need to witness and how we need to walk closer to you and how it, the only salvation there is is in Christ alone. And we thank you for teaching us all that here today in song and in the Sunday school and in, in word and in testimony. Lord, we ask you to help our, uh, our preacher here today. I almost called him our pastor, but... <laughs> But, Lord, it's our preacher you have for us today, Brother T.J. We ask, Lord, you to help him to, Lord, convey your message to your people here today and give him strength and wisdom and boldness to preach this morning, Lord, to honor and glorify you. And, Lord, we want to tell you we love you. Thank you for loving us. And, Lord, if there be some precious soul in our midst here today without Christ that don't know that Lord, that they'd go to heaven. We pray that today they'd have that assurance and come to know you as Savior before it's eternally too late. Encourage every Christian here. Lord, convict every Christian here that needs convicting, and we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory for all that you accomplished today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if you're able, please stand, and we'll sing one more song. Now, this is a, a new song for me. Uh, uh, not everybody can say that, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, Show Us Christ, and uh, most everybody up here knows it. I think all of them do, as a matter of fact. And I know it now, but it's the first time I've led it, okay? <laughs> but uh, Show Us Christ, John six sixty eight says, Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Amen. Amen. Show us Christ. Cause it 
T.J. Tilly, a missionary to many places, <laughs> Africa, <laughs> Africa, Kenya, India, and I heard you mention China. Is China in there too? Yes, sir. So give him a nice hand. Make him feel well. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Song leader. Well, y'all look pretty happy this morning. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Y'all make me happy when you're happy. If you're not happy, it makes me very sad. Amen. But it's a great, great privilege for me to be here. I was thinking this morning on my way up how uh, it's great to have confidence in that you might be able to do what the Lord would have you to do and to come into your church. I've been coming up here for a few years, and I appreciate this church. I appreciate all of its members and appreciate all that's going on here in this place, here in Hillsville. Amen. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here. Uh, just a little bit about our work. We are, we've got several calls this past week. We're summoned to go to several places. Thirty years ago, we, we were summoned to start a church in Andrus. Of course, at the time, things that was transpiring was hard for us to get down into Andrus. Andrus is one of the islands of the chain of a hundred islands in the Bahamas. And it's one of the first ones. In fact, it's a 10-minute flight from Nassau over to Andrus. And uh, 30 years ago, there was a proposition made to me, with, would I go and start a church over there? And uh, I said, we will. Of course, we kept postponing it till finally, two and a half years ago, uh, Brother Lee's, Brother Lee's come in one Sunday morning on Easter Sunday morning. He gambled all of his money away. He was a, a drunkard, you name it, he was it. But yet he stumbled into the services one Easter Sunday morning, and when he heard the gospel for the first time, he come forward, trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior, and we baptized him, he and his whole family, and then he was trained. I helped train him some there in Nassau. Some men come in and help me. And he eventually taken the church, but his prayer request that we might start a church on the island that he was born on. His daddy was born there on the island of Andrus, only about 15,000 people back in those days, may not have been quite that many, maybe a few more, but uh, he was requesting that we'd go start a church on the island of Andrus. And so many years later, two and a half years ago, we decided that we'd go down for a survey trip. In fact, he called me after he'd taken the church that I started there in Nassau. He got a great church there. He said, why don't we try to start a church? Would you help me? And I said, I sure will. So two and a half years ago, we went there, and we had a survey, had people saved, had people that was very interested in getting the church started, and uh, we said, we're just going to start it. Of course, when we got back, uh, back to the States, that's when Mr. Covid decided he's going to make his entrance. And we've been putting that on the back burner uh, for a while. And about, oh, maybe uh, just a few weeks ago, he called me and he said, let's have another survey trip. Let's see what happens this time. We went down. God blessed. We had some people saved, had people that was excited about getting the church started. In fact, as we think, uh, as we speak now, uh, most likely there's a Bible study going on there, hopefully in a, just in a short time we'll have a church established there in that uh, uh, on that island of Andrus. Pray for us. If you don't have a prayer card, there's some in the back. Some of you maybe already picked them up. Uh, nice looking couple on the front. I don't know who that is. I found somebody that I could put on the front and made it look good. But if you'll pick up one and pray for us. Pray that the Lord would uh, give us uh, liberty. 
Also, I just got a call from northern, uh, northeast India, up in Maite country, up in Manipur. Uh, we've been summons there, wants to come up and preach to those Hindus. Sometimes he gets 500 to 1,000 Hindus uh, gathered together, feed them a meal or whatever, and, and have a, a, a preaching service. Many times we've seen many people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ through these meetings, and he's asked me to come again. We're going to go back up there. You pray that the Lord give us liberty to do that. Also, we've been talking about going back to Kenya. We have about 1,200 churches that we work with uh, in and around Kenya. We have about eight or ten nations across Africa. Uh, somebody was talking to me this morning about Liberia, Ivory Coast, and different places. Uh, we've been in all those places. There's churches that's been established. God's blessed. Some of the greatest men I know on the face of God's green earth. I think about a man named John DeMay. John DeMay was saved in Liberia. And then he went to the Ivory Coast. He got ran out of his country. Uh, when he got ran out of his country, that didn't stop him. He went ahead and started, I think, if I'm not mistaken, around 20 churches in the Ivory Coast. But he started 60-plus uh, Baptist churches in uh, uh, Montrovia and even uh, in some of the villages. So uh, there's a lot of work to be done. In the Congo, we had a man just pass away about six months ago, uh, Brother Timothy, a great man of God, planted over 300 Baptist churches. I could go on and on. These men passed away uh, just in the last few months. Nobody's to, really to take their place looking for leadership. We need to get back in and help that we might be able to see these churches continue. Uh, there's a great, great work that needs to be done there in those places. So if you'll pick up a prayer card, uh, just don't just pick up one just for the sake of picking up one. Well, you can do that too, but please pray for us. We need your prayers. Uh, you need to practice, by the way. Uh, practice praying for us because we need prayer and we need to do the work that God's called us to do. A lot of work to be done. This old world's in terrible shape, and uh, we just praise the Lord that the Lord at this time has put us in the ministry. Forty-six years we've been at it. Uh, that's just a couple of years, uh, shy of 50. But anyhow, I appreciate the Lord allowing us to do that work that he's called us to do. I want you to pray for us, and that's the idea. If you haven't picked up a prayer card as you go out this morning, make sure you pick up one. If you don't see one, see me. I've got some here with me this morning. If you take your Bibles, if you will. Yes, sir. Take your Bibles and look with me in the book of uh, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. You know, the Lord has been planning this thing for many years. We know that it's been several thousands of years that the Lord has been planning your salvation. He wanted to make sure that every man, woman, boy, and girl had an opportunity to hear the gospel. We find even from Adam and Eve, shortly after that, we find that there's a mention of the Lord Jesus coming on the scene. It's all through the scriptures. Every prophet was mentioning about the Lord Jesus Christ, God's plan and purpose for the ages. God's plan and purpose for the ages that every man, woman, boy, and girl 
would at least hear the gospel one time. Many today has never heard the gospel. I'm sad to say that. It breaks my heart when I say I'm a missionary. I almost want to hide my face because of the simple fact we ought to say with Paul, it was mentioned to Paul that he turned the world upside down. If Paul turned the world upside down without the King James Bible, he had the Pentateuch, he had the Old Testament part of it, probably most of it, but he didn't have the New Testament because it hadn't yet been written because he hadn't written those letters. But he's been planning, God has been planning all these years to make sure that every person, we're talking about in every nook and every cranny, we're talking about every person that's in Hillsville, we're talking about everybody that lives in Virginia, we're talking about everybody that lives over in North Carolina and all the other surrounding states, West Virginia and on we could go. God has been planning this for years. God's been planning that every person would have the opportunity to be saved. I'm saved this morning. I've been born again. I've been saved since March of 1969. God saved me. And when he saved me, he saved me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Changed me completely. The Bible says any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. So from the beginning, God has been planning this thing of even your church. Victory Ray Baptist Church was in the mind of God way back in Adam and Eve's day. He's always been concerned about people coming to know him or his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, his personal Savior. If you'll notice in Acts chapter 2, if you'll notice in verse number 25, it says, For David speaketh concerning him. He just got back up there, if you'll notice in verse 24, whom God hath raised up. Talking about raising the Lord Jesus Christ up. Having loosened the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holden of it or hold, uh, be held in the grave. Verse number 25, For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always, too many pages, before my face. For he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Goes on to say in verse 26, Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. Verse 27, Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine Holy One to see corruption. Verse 28, Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. David speaking, by the way. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou hast Thou shalt make me full of joy in thy count, of, uh, with thy countenance. Verse 29, Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Verse 30, Therefore being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath 
to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. And he goes on to say in verse 31, He seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. Verse 32, This Jesus hath God raised up whereof we all are witnesses. What a great, what a great plan that God has set before us. From the beginning of time, God has always been concerned about the human race. He was always concerned enough that he would love the whole human race to send his darling son into this world spit upon but yet God was always confirming his love for mankind we don't deserve it if there's one thing I do not deserve is the goodness and graciousness of God but he's bestowed his grace upon me that I might be saved notice if you will verse 32 that once again this Jesus hath God raised up whereof we all are witnesses. Notice that word all. I hope you've done a study of that word all. All, all means is all. Amen. That means everybody. All are witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he hath himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand. The verse that I want to zero in on is verse 32. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. There's three things that's falling behind in our churches. I'm going to direct it to you. I'm glad your pastor is not here this morning because many times we put emphasis on the pastor and I know you've got a good pastor. I'm not belittling that. I'm not trying to take his position. Never could I do that. But he's not here and so I can address my remarks to you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you that's breathing God's air. I'm talking to you that God loved so much that he gave his son, John 3 and 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God wants every person that's ever been born of a woman wants them to be saved. He has demonstrated his love, but God has given his love to us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That's what God did. God loved the world. So there's three things that is mentioned throughout the entire 
Word of God, that God loves everybody, and if God loves everybody, why don't everybody love God? You ever thought about it? I know a lot of people that don't even mention the name of God, do you? I know people like that. See, there's three things that, that's missing in our churches. There's three things that's falling behind in our churches. There's three things. Number one, and we mentioned it very clearly in verse 32, was it? That verse number 30, uh, verse 32, this Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we, are, we all are witnesses. Salvation of souls being a witness. No one will ever be saved unless we witness. I mentioned that all through Sunday school this morning. I intentionally made my remarks toward those of you that are sitting here. That's the reason I said I'm glad that your pastor is not here, even though I would love to fellowship with him, love to be with him. I think he's a great man. I think he's done a great job. I think he'll continue to do a great job here in this place. But the question is, what are you doing? When's the last time you witnessed? When's the last time you taken someone by the hand and brought them to the church? When was the last time we witnessed? You know, so many times we go for weeks on end and we look back over our weeks and we've never witnessed one time. It's probably because we've not met anybody, you reckon? No, I don't believe that. We meet people every day. I'm in contact with somebody every day. Every day of my life, I'm in contact with somebody. Seems like my car runs out of gas more than ever. Maybe it's because it's more expensive. I'm not sure. But at the same time, I'm always at the gas stations. And hey, look at me, I enjoy the grocery store as well. Fast food, McDonald's, you name it, I like it. It's okay. Anytime you pull into a drive-thru, guess what you got to do? You got to talk to somebody. But most time we talk about food and that's it. We wonder why the world is like it is. You heard anybody criticize about the world? Oh, the world is such a bad place. It's not like it used to be. I'm sick of that, aren't you? The reason it's not like it used to be, or if it ever was like it's supposed to be, it's the only reason is because we, God's people, I'm not talking about the people out on the streets, I'm talking about you that's sitting in the pew this morning. You're to be a witness. That's one of the things that's falling behind. When was the last time that you went out and brought people in? Because of your witness. Now, you can say amen there. That would really encourage me if you said it right there. When was the last time we went out and brought people in that we've led to Jesus Christ? When was the last time we went out and witnessed to someone and they followed us to Christ or followed us to the church? We look behind us and say, how, why did, how come you come today? Well, you said Christ was the greatest thing in my life. I wanted to come and see what you do on Sunday. Anybody followed you this morning? Maybe one, maybe two, or maybe nobody. The question is that one of the things that's happening in our churches today, people are not witnessing. I could get up under, I think I could fit under there. Maybe I should preach under here instead of standing up. See, 
Everybody is to be a witness. That's what he said in verse 30, 32. This Jesus hath God raised up. Why did he raise him up? He's talking about David. David's been talking about this. David has spoken about the Lord Jesus. David has given a testimony that he's believing in the living and true God. <laughs> what a God he is. And David, he was a man after God's own heart. <laughs> Ah, my, what a man. But he's talking about the resurrection of the Lord. You know, most of our tracks today doesn't mention the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. It's a sad thing, isn't it? Why is it that way? People, no. Satan don't want people to be saved. Satan's trying to hinder the work of God. If there's one thing that Satan is doing today is hindering Christian from being a witness. Because he knows if you become a witness, things happen. The power of God. God's power. I have God's power. I'm not boasting about I have God's power. Then again, on the other hand, I am boasting that I have God's power because I can do nothing without the power of God. Everything is done in the power of God. Many people are operating in the flesh. And if we're operating in the flesh, then the flesh that we'll reap of the flesh. So he talks about witnessing. As he says, he talks about this whole passage that I just got through reading. It's about the raising him from the dead. It's talking about from David's regime. Talking about even before, as you read through the scriptures, how many times it talks about the Lord Jesus and talking about Him going to come on the scene. Many times we overlooked, many years we looked overlooked that He was going to reach even the Gentiles. That's what I am. I'm a Gentile. But I'm a Christian. Why? Because God included me by Jesus going to the cross of Calvary and because of that, People witnessed to me and brought me to the Lord Jesus Christ and that I might be saved. My, what a God we've got. He's not neglected you. Sometimes we feel neglected, but God's not neglected us. He has a whole Bible. This whole book talks about Jesus Christ. This whole book talks about Him coming to this world. Talking about being born of a virgin. Go ahead and try to believe that. That's how you get saved. It's one of the first ways is believing in the creation, believing in the virgin birth, believing in all those different things that talks about the Lord Jesus. All this book is talks about Him. The glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus. What a great God we have. I can't emphasize it enough. We have a great God and He loved us so much that he gave us his son, but yet we want to sit on that like a chicken sitting on eggs trying to get some chicken. What's wrong with us? Well, our church is not growing like it's supposed to be. Well, get out, witness! Tell people about the great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus. Let's get busy. We ain't got time to sit. 
We've got work to be done. Somebody said the other day, I, I was listening to a man, you know, he was, had big problems and this and that and the other, and he was talking about, you know, well, you know, it's, uh, just be quiet. Just, just get busy. I'm glad I'm the age I am. I'm glad that I can still raise my voice and still preach. I'm glad that I can still witness to people. I love to witness to the hardcore people. I like to witness to people that I, when I look at them and I say, they ain't no way they're going to listen to me. But you know something? If I'm sincere and I'm concerned about the souls of men and women, they always listen. I may not be able to win them to the Lord. That's not my business no how. I've never led nobody to God. I've led them to God, but God saves them. And that's the beautiful picture. That's what David is talking about. He's talking about the resurrection. That's the reason our churches grow. I remember when I started out on deputation back in, well, in the 70s, mid-70s, early 70s. Started deputation, used to go in churches, and it wasn't a matter if there's going to be a crowd in the church or not, it was always full. It wasn't a matter if anybody was going to get saved, it was a matter how many was going to get saved. People back in those days, I think, was a witness. We don't see that today. We don't see that at all. Just a few, just a handful. And then we wonder why our churches are like they are. Our churches are in a mess. Can I say that? They're in a mess. I'm in a different church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. I preach just about in a different church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. I have through the whole COVID. I walk in, they look at me like a new calf, look at a new fence. They don't know what's going on. They don't want to preach. They say, you preach, you come on and preach. Oh, I love to preach. I get up and tell them how to witness. One preacher the other day rebuked me. You can't witness to everybody. Why not? I had a, I told this in Sunday school, I'm going to repeat it in this hour. I've been in the last year, well, a little over two years now, giving out gospel tracts. You know, most people, we took a hand this morning, some didn't participate because they thought it was a catch. But anyhow, I asked them, how many has gospel tracts in their pocket? Most of us don't. We're not prepared to witness. We're not prepared to witness. If somebody walked up to you and said, look, I, I need to be saved right quick. Can you give me something that I can read? You said, just a minute, let me go home and get it. Or let me go to the car and get it. By that time, you've done turned them off and they've done down the road 20 miles. Hello. Stay with me. The problem is we're not prepared to be a witness. Because we don't have a desire to be a witness. You say, that's tough, preacher. I know it. I know that. I didn't prepare those marks. I got that from the scriptures. Jesus deliberately laid down his life that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He deliberately did that. If we're going to be a witness, we have to be a deliberate vis uh, a witness. We don't have to do it deliberately. Many times we don't witness because we don't have a desire to witness. And if we don't have a desire to witness, you'll never witness. 
Oh, you talk about it. Oh, we all talk about it. I talk about, I'd like to go to the moon sometime, but I don't think I'll ever go. Because I don't have a desire to live on the moon. Or Mars, or anywhere else. I ain't got time to get to Mars. I mean, if you think about going to Mars, it's going to take a couple of days, don't you think? I don't have time. I got business to do. I'm on business for my Lord. I got a lot of work to be done. So, witnessing, I can run that in the ground. I think that's pretty well got the plow in the ground on that, that we're to be witnesses, don't you think? There's three parts to the Great Commission. Somebody talked, I think it was you, talking, come in the door a moment ago, about the Great Commission. There's three things, and one of the things is being a witness. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, lo, and we always, even in the end of the world, Amen. If you don't know what I said, just look it up, Matthew 28. But number two is baptism. Baptism. You know, showing forth as a witness through baptism. I go into churches, like I said, I'm in most time preaching Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Most time I'm in church, somewhere in a different church, somewhere. And many times, if, if I'm not careful, I'll be taking the Lord's Supper like I eat my meals every day. Everybody has the Lord's Supper, don't they? You can shake your head. Yeah, we have the Lord's Supper, man. Duh. I mean, you know, we all take the Lord's Supper. But how many times have we been involved in a baptismal service? I had a lady in my church back in Belgium. I started a church in Belgium in 19-something, 80-something, 80, beginning of the 80s. She came to my church. Her name was Mrs. Margaret Bennett. My, what a woman. Wonderful, wonderful lady. She got saved in our services. All of her children got saved in our services. Her husband, he got saved down at Fort Bragg, I think it was. But they was stationed in Belgium. Mrs. Bennett got a hold of the good stuff. She got a hold of the sound doctrine of being born again. God saved her. When she got saved, she got saved all over. And she's the same lady then as she is today. That's been many years ago. 40, of how many years ago that's been? 30 some years. One of the things that was most impressive about Mrs. Bennett was this. I don't see it in our churches no more. Mrs. Bennett would bring a little army to service every Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. I can see her now walking in. She'd walk through the back doors and behind her there would be four or five women, maybe a man, man or two. I think, boy, we're going to have a good service tonight. She'd walk forward, sit down, get in her seat. I'd preach the gospel, give an invitation. Here come four or five ladies out, standing in front of the church, in front of the altar. I'd always step down off the platform and go down and begin to speak to them. And I'd ask this question. Ma'am, why did you come forward this morning? She said, the first one would say, Mrs. Bennett said, if I come, you tell me what to do to get saved. I like that, don't you? When was the last time you did that, you preached? Don't do it too many times. If you do, you, he'll pass out and you'll lose him. You'll kill him. 
Hello, it's true. Preachers, sometimes we, we get to the place we don't expect it. We ought to expect it that people bring people every day. I've seen as high as eight and nine people would come that she would bring to church. She would go out and get them and bring them to church and we would lead them to Christ pretty soon. It, didn't, it wasn't the fact that we'd lead them. What they would come for was for baptism. She wore me out baptizing people. When's the last time you brought somebody? I led this person to the Lord today and they want to be baptized. Here, preacher, go ahead and baptize them this morning. You think I'm crazy, don't you? It'll work. The reason it don't work, first of all, we're not witnessing. Second of all, we're not in the field. I heard a preacher say one day, the best place to witness is in the church. Okay. No, the best place is to witness. I like Paul, and this message could go forever, and you ain't got time, what I've got, what I'd like to say, but I can't say it. But I like Paul. You know, when Paul, he was asleep one night in his bed, and when he went to sleep, he heard this, he had, had this vision. You remember that vision he had over in Macedonia? The man came to him and he said, Hey, Paul, come over and help us. If we heard that, we'd have two heart attacks and have to go to the hospital. Paul heard the, heard the, uh, saw the vision and immediately he got up and went. We don't have that kind of obedience anymore. I like what Paul did when he got there. He went to a little place called Philippi. You remember what Philippi? That's where we get our book of Philippians. Paul wrote a letter to the book of uh, wrote a letter to the church at Philippi. How he started? He started with a woman. I think women are overlooked. They can they can gossip real good, and they can witness. My Lord, they can do a great witness. Men can too. Don't lose me. I feel like I lost you already when I said a few things. Maybe I said something wrong. I want you to be a witness, yes. But Paul, he goes down. He goes where people are at. You remember when Paul goes down there in Philippi? He went down by the river. <laughs> What's going on at the river? I can take you. I can, in my mind's eye, I can take you all the way back down in Africa, and I can take you down in Suriname, South America. I can take you down into Guyana, South America. I can take you to Vietnam. I can take you to all those places. And you go see those rivers, little creek, little branch, or whatever you want to call them, creek if you want to call it that, whatever it was. And they go, you could see them. You know what they was doing? Washing their clothes. Even today, if you go to some of those places, you'll see those men and women. They're there. They'll be washing. If they got motorcycles, they'll wash their motorcycle, wash their car, their vehicles, whatever it may be. And the women, they're doing their thing. Some of them over in the corner taking a, taking a, I was going to say taking a shower. Uh, they take a bath. Uh, have you ever seen anybody take a bath with the clothes on? I have. I didn't stand and watch them. Don't get me wrong. But I see them standing in the water, pouring water on them, taking a bath. I mean, they're washing all over. That's where you go to get people. Paul met a woman named Lydia there, you remember? Went down by the riverside, and when he went down there, he preached the gospel to them. The lady Lydia got saved. And I like that passage. I love that passage. In fact, 
the whole chapter of 16. It just thrills my gizzard. I just love it. I love to read it. I love to meditate. I love to take it apart. I like to read it over and over again. When he goes down by the river and he leads Lydia, she opens her heart. People don't open their heart because you're so cute and suave. The reason people get saved, you give the gospel to them. She opened her heart. When she opened her heart, guess what else she did? She opened her house. And when she opened her house, she had to open her purse. Takes money to feed that crowd. Takes money to get people saved. If you're going to go and do something, Paul's down by the riverside. Leads Lydia to the Lord. Get this. She didn't just get saved. She got saved. Her family, her whole household got saved. When was the last time you saw household salvation in church? It's sort of like a, a leaky roof, way people get saved anymore. One there, one there, one there. Then there's a dry spell. We have to wait for the rainy season to come again so we can have a one there, one there, one there. Whole household got saved. And not only did they receive Paul's witness, not only did they receive Paul's witness, but they received everyone in the home received Christ as uh, Paul's witness, and then they all was baptized, and all of them opened their hearts and lives and went into the house of God and worshiped God. Isn't that what it's all about? We missed it. And then you go a little bit, and then Paul, he does something foolish. No, he don't. He goes preaching the gospel somewhere where people didn't want him, didn't want anything to do with him, and they put him in jail. You know, some of us might need to be incarcerated for a week or two. <clears throat> Amen? Paul had success in jail. I mean, I'm talking about in the same passage. The Philippian jailer? Ah, you remember that, don't you? The Philippian jailer? We could go into all the calisthenics of that but that's not necessary we know what happened the Philippian jailer got saved and not only he received Paul's message and Silas's message but his house, whole household received the message and the whole household was baptized when was the last time we saw household salvation we don't see it because we're not interested we're not interested when we get interested, we'll begin to see family come to know the Lord. We've got to get back at it, folks. We've got to get at it. And then the last thing, and time is flying, and all the restaurants are just going to be full, and all that other stuff. The last thing he talks about, not only baptism, which is very important, I've the most success I've ever had in my ministry is by other people bringing people to the church that wanted to be baptized. A preacher don't have time to do all that needs to be done if his people is doing what needs to be done. 
Do I have to say that again? Maybe you didn't get it. The preacher don't have to do all the work. If all the people will do the work that needs to be done, he'll be busy doing what they bring him to do. That's important. We don't see that today. We expect our, our preachers to work like a dog. We want to see you witnessing every day. What about you? Are you more saved than he is or less saved than he is? Or are you as saved as he is? Amen. Baptism. And then third of all, going forth as a member. Being saved. Results of witnessing this church starting something. Or church, I'm going to call it, being I'm a missionary, can I say a church planter? I plant churches. I've, church, I've started churches all over the world. I've tar- started churches. We're, we're, I've been, when I go down, uh, they'll, they'll tell me what they've done. They'll show me how many churches. I was in one meeting been a couple of years ago. I was down in Africa, and they said that we had 24 churches we planted. I said, I want to see all 24 of them. It took us a couple of weeks, but we saw 24 Baptist churches that were started. I like that. I love it. That's what it's about. Hey, it's not me doing it. It's I see what they've done. See, when was the last time something was started at Victory Way Baptist Church? Well, I started this. Okay. I heard our brother say this morning, started bus ministry here at this church. I did too. I started one at Calvary. Old James Scott, he was from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, was his John R. Rice performed his wedding. I guess that makes his marriage vows a whole lot better, being it was John R. Rice. If you don't know John R. Rice, you need to be introduced. But he's he's with the Lord now. He came. I never forget. He said, "Brother Tilly, we're going down to the down to a church in Winston Salem, and Gardner Gentry is going to be there, and Wally Beebe. I don't know if y'all know him, people or not. These are old bus people." And he said, we're going down, and they're going to put on, they're going to tell us how to start a bus ministry. I didn't know what a bus ministry was. I thought he was talking about the Greyhound Bus Department. I didn't know the difference. I didn't want to ride no Greyhound, didn't like Greyhound, but in order to get that point A to point B, I guess you had to ride a Greyhound or Trailway. But we go down and sit in the church, this large church, and, and they get up and rant and rave for, you know, for hours about, how to do it and what to do and this and that and the other. And, and, and my pastor sitting there, tears running down his face. His front of his coat was wet from tears. And I thought, what's wrong with him? You know, he's about to start something. And I was going to be a part of it. And I didn't know. I didn't know about all that stuff. And he's weeping. And he get out in the car and he said, Brother Tilly, we, we've got to get this done. He went out and bought an old bus. He said, you drive it. Back in them days, you didn't have to have no special driving license. I don't even know if you had to have a driving license. But anyhow, he said, you can drive the bus, and we're going to visit on Saturday. Man, alive, he about killed me. We went every Saturday morning. We went early. Stayed late. And I look back over it now, and I can see old Michael Mabe sitting over there. He's been working all over the place was over the bus ministry director and he was over the youth and done everything. But I saw him bow his knee 
Jerry Mabe's brother. I can go on others that gotten saved in that ministry, made the ministry what it was. It all started in that little meeting, not a little meeting, big meeting in one of those big churches in Winston-Salem. Somebody wanted to start something. My pastor wanted to start something, and he started something. When we started the bus ministry, guess what else you got to start? Sunday school. I didn't know. A from Baboon back in those days. He said, Brother Tilly, you teach that class. He put me in there with some seven, eight-year-old boys. Good gracious alive. I about ready to kill him. Not, in, not the boys, but the him. Why would he do such a thing? See, starting something. Teaching people to observe. When people get saved and people follow Christ in believer's baptism, people begin to want to be taught and it's up to us to teach them. We're too lazy to get busy on that. then we wonder why our churches are slack, dwindling. Preacher told me the other day, he said, Preacher, I don't have to have but a couple more funerals and I'll have to close my church. Isn't that sad? All's left anymore is old people. And I resent being old. I'm not old. I'm mature. And don't call me old. Some people said, Preacher, aren't you getting a little old to travel to the mission field? Still got most of my teeth. I still walk. I still witness. I can do that from a wheelchair if I have to. See, what I'm saying is we need to start something. We need, you know what makes countries like they are? Do you know what happened even in our country, our own country, America? People got fed up with what was going on was, I guess, status crow, crow, crow too. They got tired of all that stuff and they began to do something about it. And our, our America that we know has gone by the wayside. Because people didn't like what was going on in America. Maybe I shouldn't preach that. Maybe I back that up, put it back in gear and go forward. We got a lot of work to be done. Three things, and I'm going to close with this. Three things. Got to be done. Witness? Are you doing it? That's the question. Are you witnessing? Are you witnessing? When was the last time you witnessed to somebody? When was the last time you you convince somebody it was important to come to God's house and sit and listen to God's message, a God's man preach God's message. When was the last time you did that? That's a form of witnessing. If you can't draw the net, hey, if, you, if you're going to fish, hey, get involved. Bring the net in. At least something may be in the net. You don't know. We've got to get witnessing. God, be, be busy about witnessing. Number two, we've got to see people baptized. I wonder... So many times we hear about go ye therefore. Most time when we start our soul winning classes or whatever you want to call that, we start with that. Go ye therefore. We never end up saying go ye therefore. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I wonder why he puts so much emphasis on baptism. 
put more emphasis on, on, on baptism than he did teaching because once that you get saved, it's not putting away the filth of the flesh, but it's a good conscience toward God. I want to be a witness. One of the greatest things in the world is when God put me under the water, or the preacher did it, when he put me under the water and brought me up and said, walk in the Hey, I was new. God changed my life, but I believed, and when I believed, then I wanted to identify with other believers. And we don't see enough of that. Some of the folks in here may have never seen a good baptism. That's the most exciting. I think it's more exciting seeing people buried in baptism, walk in the newness of life. I don't have time. Time's running out on me, but if you get a chance sometime today, read Romans 6, 4 through 6. Buried in baptism. Standing in the water means I'm dead. I'm no longer belonging to myself or anybody else. I belong to God. I'm dead. And what they do when, they, when people die, they take them and bury them. If, if you've got people that are still laying around dead, uh, they're going to begin to stink or they're going to begin to go away. No, we bury them. And when they bury, hey, we're looking for the resurrection, aren't we? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's what we're identifying with. Dead in Christ, buried in Christ, raised to walk in the newness of life. Oh, we need to see that. Over and over and over and over and over. Just do it again. Just do it again. The more we do it, the more exciting I get. And I know some of you get more excited. I'd be gone, won't be back for a while. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Sir, we would see Jesus. That's what it's all about. It's been prophesied down through the ages that God loved this world and he made provision for all mankind that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I've experienced that. I've stood in the waters of baptism. The preacher buried me in the waters of baptism and raised me to walk in the newness of life. I was a new person in Christ. If you're here today, Maybe God saved you and you've been baptized, but you've not really started anything in your life. Maybe you need to start having a track distribution. Maybe you need to start just carrying tracks with you. God may open the door for you to give out one. God knows what he's doing. But we've got to do what he says. Obey God. He'll give you light. And he'll give you more light as you need light. Thank you, Father, for your blessings. We love you. Not near as much as we need to. But, oh, God, give us a love not only for you yourself, but give us a love for people. People need to be loved. We need to have a concern over them. Oh, God, speak to our hearts. Speak to our hearts. Speak to this church's heart about these three areas. Being a witness. Bringing people to, that have 
trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and followed Christ in believer's baptism and then get busy in training people, helping people, getting people to the place that they might be able to eat meat. While every head's bowed, every eye's closed, maybe you're sitting here this morning and